it's time for the weekly Q&A that we call Splunk Talk. Episode number 72, recorded Wednesday, March 9th, 2016. Lowered expectations. Hey, we're back here with the live chat room with Clint, with Hal, and with yours truly. Wow. I gotta have more cowbell. Split time fighting answers without a doubt. Split time will help you figure it out. Split time I can tell the whole world about Split time. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are. Hello, co-hosts. Morning. Who's on the morning? This is early. Are you you cool with this, Clint? I know this is like uh, like dawn. It it is dawn. Thankfully, uh, I commute with someone who's an early riser. He's turned me into a morning person. So, yeah, I see you got your uh, coffee. That's good. I have my coffee. That is uh, Clint Sharp, Splunker, uh, and. Awesome product manager, a former customer, and uh, well, he's a product manager. Lover of bows, hey. Lover of bows. <laughs> and who who else is on the? Uh, uh, I'm here to the Al. internet. Al, I'm I'm here. Al, what's your deal? Uh, lover of um, Audio Technica. Hmm? Eh. Yeah, they they do the, uh, eh. the studio headphones. I Al Rotenberg, too. currently developer evangelist. Developer evangelist, currently. Hashtag. And the uh, golden voice here, Michael Wilde. It's a rainy Austin, Texas. I'm not barbecuing. And nope. I have other things to say that are not about Docker for once. Um, so uh, what are, what are okay. we going to talk about today? Hold on. Hold on. What are we doing on Friday? Um, what are we doing on Friday morning? Is this or, a trick question? No, for what are we doing Friday evening? Sorry. Oh, we're gonna be we're gonna be on this week in enterprise tech. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> you can feel like Jeebus. Jeebus, Hal. Yeah. Twit twitlive uh, dot com dot org, guys. Yeah, yeah. Leo Laporte's crew. My friends, um, Robert uh, Balliser, who we know as Padre. And Brian Chi, known as Chibert, and there's another host, Kurt Franklin. I met all those guys at Interop. I don't know if you guys know what Interop is, but Splunk used to be a sponsor of Interop. And um, we were in there, and it was actually Interop is a freaking awesome event. Um, I mean, it has limited uh, an audience. This is network and security focus, mostly network focused. But to if you've never been to Interop, you don't know what the hell I'm talking about. I have never been to Interop. Okay, so here's the deal. When you go to a trade show, um, you often see many booths. Booths. Many booths. And you go visit these booths, and the vendors, like, show you their stuff. And it's awesome. But the network is behind the scenes. It's completely, you know, hidden. Whereas at Interop... Um, the network is the largest booth. The operations center is the largest booth. So there's, it's maybe, I don't know, five, 800 square feet. This sort of glass enclosed room, bunch of tables, lots of vendor gear. There we go. Awesome. Great job with that. Robot. I know. We'll figure that out. But um, when you're a part of Interop, 
and you're a sponsor in the network operations center, you show up like a week in advance and we start from an empty um, uh, exhibit hall. Mm-hmm. We run the fiber into the building, run all the wiring from the knock uh, to every booth, test it out. There's a lot of interns and other people that just do that stuff. And then all of the vendors that uh, provide technology, you know, like firewalls and switching and VoIP and all that, they're there kind of demonstrating the whole point of that, you know, there is no one solution to rule all that, you know, a real data center actually has a lot of things that interoperate together. Oh, I get it. Right. So um, it's really cool because it was like freaking nerd um, boot camp or like nerd summer camp. And uh, that is, yeah, that is it was cool. cool. Like, you know, spending that's, two that's, weeks. That's... I feel like I've made the right career choice in, in based off of one simple metric, which is days since last run of cable. And since right. that keeps going up and not dropping to zero, I feel like I'm winning. Yeah, well, you could you could do interop and not running cable because there are cable running people for that. Okay. As, well, as long as I don't have to run cable because no. I, mean, I used to sling, sling that stuff through ceilings, man. There's nothing fun about uh, about running cable through an attic with a bunch of fiberglass. Yeah, fortunately in this case, it's just strung up overhead uh, in a auditorium, right? Okay, well, you know, that's a little bit more tolerable. Yeah, and you you actually as a vendor, we don't sponsor it anymore at Splunk. Uh, we, we're not in the knock. I kind of wish we did, and maybe Padre and uh, Chi can give us uh, shit about that. But um, uh, we just bring our stuff in, and then in our case, all the logs go to Splunk, and we do cool stuff with it. But you can, since it's not actually that much work for people at Splunk, we just set up our stuff and help actually. One of the things we do, we did do, this is a uh, way friggin' tangent, but um, we did use Splunk as the troubleshooting tool um, when vendors were having trouble um, solving problems on With connectivity. their own gear. Right. <laughs> like, can, I tell you, right. can I tell you my, my Cisco Live story? I do. Yes. So uh, Cisco Live does something similar uh, to interrupt of, uh to an extent, I don't, I don't know if it's to the scale. It sounds like Interop does a great job of making that kind of a centerpiece. Better. Um, Cisco does have a, a knock that they highlight, and uh, in in past years, Splunk has definitely been um, a sponsor of that. And you know, we, they would be Splunking the network uh, to help troubleshoot uh, problems experienced during the show, and uh, that, of course, is uh, is a great. Um, that's kind of a, a neat testimonial, you know, that, that we could use during the show, right? And th- there was one time that we said, hey, um, guys, can we have access to your Splunk dashboard so that we can show people at the show what it is that you're doing with it, you know, kind of in real time. And uh, they did so. And we had uh, the dashboards on at, at one of the, the kiosks in our in our big booth. Cool. And um, the dashboard wasn't designed very well such that it did uh, a really expensive search when you first bring it up. You know, it's like a, you know, asterisk all time, you know, kind of thing. I, I don't remember what the specific search was, but all-time we're playing with this and people reload this, you know, and, and just normal things uh, while doing demos. And then uh, at some point a little bit later during the day, we get like a, um, somebody coming around to the, to the booth from, from Cisco, Cisco is like, um, I'm looking for IP address such and such. <laughs> think it's in your booth and they find it, it that it's one of our kiosks like we see a huge amount of bandwidth coming from this one kiosk it, it took a while because the, 
for the people to narrow it down because they didn't realize that like, it was like a left hand, right hand talking to each other thing. They didn't know that, you know, that, that we had been given the, the, the Splunk dashboard and they didn't know that the dashboard wasn't great. So they didn't know why the, the bandwidth allocation was, was like that. But it's like, so we were showing off this cool stuff, but at the same time we were kind of the problem, you know, problem child in the, and, you know, grabbing gigs of, of bandwidth because of that dashboard. Like they needed to ask you about that? Yeah. Like yeah, they like could we, just we could use Splunk. Yeah, interesting um, thing. One well, of the bring, bringing up the network r reminds me that uh, that uh, yesterday I sent out my uh, semi-annual Splunk is not a network monitoring tool email to the uh, to the broader company. Uh, it's always a special time of year uh, when the question comes around and it says, "Hey, uh, I'm I'm I have this customer and they have SolarWinds PRTG." Uh, InfoVista, uh, insert SNMP monitoring tool here, and could we replace that? Uh, and it happened so frequently that I that I just stopped writing the email and just copying and pasting the one from two years. Actually, Hal sent it out on my behalf one time as well, I remember. Good delegation. Yeah. But yeah. you're, you're going to change that, though, right? So, so why is uh, Splunk not a network management tool? You may as well go ahead and answer the question. Yeah, I should go ahead and answer the question. Could you just for, read, for actually, our... Hal, just read his read email. <laughs> that way. Yeah. Just read the email. Oh, yeah. So the... I'm happy to share the email. I, I'll post it up on a. I'll post it up on a pastebin. Um, the uh, the the general rule is uh, we don't do metrics well, and uh, uh, networks are all about metrics. Besides the fact that, you know, the network hasn't really changed much in the last 15 years. And yes, I know SDN is coming. Maybe someday people will actually start using what all the vendors are talking about. Um, I haven't seen it yet. Haven't found a lot of customers asking me about SDN aside from the vendors who are, who are pushing it. So for the most part, for those of you who are still running, you know, Cisco routers and switches and, and for the most part, that, that stuff hasn't changed much in the last 15 years. So if you bought a tool 15 years ago, it probably still works. Um, so we are, uh, well, there's certain, so certain we don't gather applications built into these, the set of tools that have been around for 15 years, like, uh, like discovery, for example. Yep, discovery, uh, gathering data from things like SMP. We don't do scalable data collection well. We're working really hard on that one. That one's actually coming coming sooner than you would think, uh, doing large amounts of polling. But we don't gather data from SNMP well. We don't have a defined experience. We, we don't do topology mapping. We could. What's that? We could. We, we have distributed we could. forward is everywhere. We could, but we don't. We could. We could. There's lots of things we we could do, but we don't do, right? Um, and so it... So just don't don't do that. There's lots of things we do incredibly well. Stop trying to make us do things that we don't do well. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, one here. Here's one last little thing on the interop, and you'll you'll love this. So um, we had uh, I don't remember which vendor was man was. Um, doing power management i can't remember it was maybe it was apc or whatever i don't remember so i don't need the site name and one of the racks went down like and it shut the whole network down like well it shut the outbound link to the network down the um 
the network, the person managing at the time, uh, his name was Glenn. He's freaking awesome. And and uh, he, the very first thing he did was pointed at us and said, Splunk, what do you got? Okay. So we do a search over the last N number of minutes, and we find that the engineer from the power management company logged into that particular rack, made some configuration change, and restarted the software that uh, ran the power management and bounced the whole freaking uh, <laughs> network rack. down. And literally, it was... Uh, there was a, a summary execution that occurred as a result of that, but it was kind of cool for them to... S we became the source of truth on what happened. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so Splunk Talk. Yeah, we're here. I also, I also heard another good uh, network story about uh, a uh, security scan. Speaking of power, uh, the, uh, a security scan gone awry where they were looking for SNMP vulnerabilities. And they, they found one in their uh, whatever uh, UPS they had that uh, every time they ran a security scan, it stripped the freaking UPS and the whole data center went down. I thought that was a fantastic story. <laughs> I remember that time that uh, we, we had uh, a hardware engineer go uh, to decommission a SAN, you know, like, like the, the whole SAN, and he, he went to the wrong cage. Decommissioned the SAN that he found in that cage. Oh, that that was like weeks of outage and uh yeah summary execu executions yeah it's awesome okay good times all right we have some uh... we should talk about splunk yeah that's good well we everything is really about splunk because we're talking so sure okay. right and we got we are the voices of splunk right now uh, i agree completely agree okay uh did you want to go over some questions there hell not really. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Right. Yeah. No, there, there were a couple of uh, answers posts. Um, question Hal, up earlier. Hal, I have a question for you. Yes, sir. What happened to the download page? Question mark. Okay. So hold on. This person wa really wants to know where is the Splunk forwarder older versions page? Because there have been some changes. So what, what do you have to say about that? Well, they're, uh, they may have moved. I haven't figured out why or what exactly has gone wrong yet. But uh, there, there is an answers post. Uh, uh, you know, this guy's looking for this. It's possible that some of these things have moved around because you can have access to the previous versions of uh, the product, you know, like, like Enterprise, for example. But uh, the forwarders aren't on it. So some of the download URLs may have changed a little bit. And um, we'll, uh, we'll have show notes, right? You can put a link, link in the show notes to the question. Who's doing show notes? I don't know. Are we doing those? This is now? lowered expectations here. This okay. is true. We normally get raised them in the middle of the show. Because okay. <laughs> that just gives Clint something to delegate you to do. So well, I mean, because I mean actually my arm was getting a little itchy and it made me realize maybe I was allergic to commitment. Mm. Don't tell your wife. I'm certainly <laughs> not gonna commit to anything. Um, but but hopefully <laughs> watch for for an answer to the question. Okay. Well, we are aware of it. But that's that's the le the, the less important, uh, uh, less interesting rather thing. Well, I, I just want to recognize. It's surprising that that doesn't work. I'm trying it now to see. Well, if you go to the Splunk download page on the right hand side, at least it's actually bigger now. 
but uh, no, it's, it's the, older it's releases. Funk.com first download. Yeah, they're there, but I think it was a forwarder but issue. It's the previous version of the forwarders specifically. Ooh. Oh, so that's interesting. Yeah. So the link to older releases doesn't take you to the forwarder. Yeah. Um, so I think oh. you have to go to download and then go to the bottom. No, it doesn't Forward? exist. No, that's a that's a bug, man. Older Universal forwarder free download. What what happens there? Yeah, but when you click on older releases, it takes you to only older releases of Swamp. You can't get older releases yep. of the forwarder. Yep, definitely confirmed. So we'll fix. Uh, so what's interesting is they are certainly there. Yeah. Um, it is. Uh, this is a problem with the web page. Uh, you could actually probably back end your way into the URL wanted if you were really dedicated but maybe we'll just fix the web page instead yeah and people have pay, been pasting a couple of direct download links onto this answers post and uh to help the people that are in a well that's stupid we shouldn't have done that yeah and you can only get back to four uh to four dot three great um i want actually i'm going to find out if um two dot two is somewhere on uh, stored online because Splunk two not two. Yeah, it's cool. That's is that cool. a banner version of of the software? I, I don't. What does banner mean? I don't know. Other than the well, educational system. Two dot two, specifically two. that you brought it up. Because uh, two dot two was really one of the first customer ready versions of Splunk. Oh, okay. And I think we had forwarding. We used to call it Splunk to Splunk, but it's stripped down. Um, it looks a lot like the features that exist in competitive products that are open source. But um, it's kind of cool because uh, you can see uh, it's a life before the pipe, which is kind of cool. So sometimes there trying was no older versions of pipeline? software is fun. Yeah. I mean, by fun, you mean like, 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 you like reminiscing about. I'm going to make a Docker build of Splunk 2.2. Yes. Got my Docker mention in uh, <laughs> in this five minute period. Hold on, I, I did have a, one other thing I wanted to talk about though. I kids, don't have a question. Kids watching it. Windows ninety five boot up. You see that video? I didn't click on it. That was not interesting to me. You will disappoint. Funny? You will be very disappointed. Excellent. Okay. What do so you there, got? there was a question to to me personally in email oh. and the question was sure. custom alert action so the the modular alerting feature which shipped in 6.3 i think it shipped in 6.3 uh this is the ability to write a script and and have uh you know splunk uh it's like it's like a way of of doing scripts uh that, that you know answer actions and uh you can do a lot of cool stuff with it you can give them a, a ui and all that the question was with a custom alert action how can i get um, access to all of the events that a that a given search would um, you know was triggered by, and they were using the webhook uh, feature, um, a custom alert action webhook that, that basically whenever this alert is triggered, Splunk will will uh, you know, basically do a post against that particular URL that you specify, and that and that the the server on the other end can do whatever it does, but they wanted to have access to the individual events uh, instead of just the first one because by default you you have access to the all of the fields and all the data in that first event but you know there might have been 300 events you know that that were kind of bundled up in, in that alert 
So the answer to the question is you can either change the alert action configuration such that it fires on every single event, um, which might or might not be what you want to do, right? I mean, that's right. um, that could be an expensive or inefficient proposition. Um, or if you've got you know this thing scheduled to only run a, you know, occasionally, it might not make sense. Uh, but another option would uh, would be to uh, you, you're going to have to do some scripting. You have to update the script. But if the there's a payload passed to that script uh, in a in a bit of a, a magic that happens, and right. and it's basically you've got a link directly to the results file. So there's a if, if you're not familiar with the but in var one Splunk, under the search ID, there's going to be results.csv.gzip, and a link to that, or you know, the, the file system path to that is is passed to the script. Okay. So you have to, you, you might have to do the work of of un unarchiving it and, and parsing that CSV. But that data is available. Did that, that um, person explain why they wanted the events? Not yet. This was something that was passed to me from the the SE for that account okay. or something. Have the, the full discussion. Don't go asking questions like why they want it. It's a requirement. Well, you, just do it. Right. You just you said from the SC in the account. The SCs are supposed to ask why you want to do that. <laughs> just not get just saying. Yeah. Just, just making saying, things yeah. complicated. I don't know. Y yes. Yes. Thank you. May I have another? Something like that. All right. That's all I have. That's all you have. Okay. What do you got, Clint? You're on the. You're on the hook. Literally on the hook. Is that the opposite of being off the chain? Um, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much. Actually, it sort of is. Okay. Um, but Clint, you had a couple of uh, things that you'd mentioned you wanted to talk about today. Is that where we are in the show? We can be there. Wild? Yeah, we can be there. We we can be there. Well, so so the Lord first thing. The, these lower next so these aren't specifically Splunk related, but I, I do follow the the news, and sometimes I even Twitter them. Uh, I realize that the verb is tweet, but I refuse to say that. I Twitter things uh, because it just sounds cooler. Um, <laughs> secondly, yeah. so one of the things I Twittered was uh, OMG SQL Server on Linux. Like I, I seriously feel like maybe hell hath frozen over. This was huge, huge news. It was all over the social media, definitely. Yeah, so so Microsoft porting uh, SQL Server, their, one of their, their flagship products forever, over to run on Linux. That's kind of crazy. Why do you think they did it? I have my ideas. Azure. Yeah. So they want... Uh, I mean, the, the, I, the analysis was wrong. In general, I, I felt like uh, I saw several blog posts that were like, "Well, um, you know, they're not going to attract you know enterprise developers, you know, on on Linux because anybody who was already into it was you know would have already just run it on Windows, and nobody really cares that much about sa saving the server license. That that's not the point. Uh, SQL Server is the underpinning of Azure's SQL as a service, uh, and so if you want to build this on your machine and developers are trending toward Linux VMs and everything else in their development environments, then SQL Server needs to be on Linux. Uh, and they're not going to run it on Linux and Azure, but if you develop for T-SQL, uh, which I prefer far more over PL-SQL. If you've ever done Oracle development, PL-SQL is, a, is an 
abysmally awful language. And T-SQL is actually, I find, uh, it's based off of Sybase. I see people talking to the channel. Uh, I find T-SQL to be very, very reasonable. And I always thought that SQL Server was the best, most affordable database on the market. And the main downside was you had to run it on Windows. So yeah, I, I think it's all about the kind of the economics of that as well. Is that if the if the business isn't even running, uh, managing the operating system, right. you know, all they care about is the the application, um, you know, layer. Uh, and and if that application is running, we got we need SQL Server for this or this or this, then uh, yeah, it's it's how how best can we can we solve that problem? You know, in terms of the, the cost, in terms of the performance, also, but. Of course, it remains to be seen what, what performance may look like. Well, and, and you need to be a part of the entire conversation. Like if, I mean, the cloud hugely runs on Linux. And if your software doesn't run there, you know, you, you just miss part of the being, you know, a, a development choice. So that, that more than anything shift, signaled to me the shift in Microsoft. And... Um, and there, there's some thing, you know, we've we've got some, uh, uh, we've got a partnership with Microsoft. Uh, I've actually enjoyed working with them over the last several years, and even even more so in the last uh, year or two. And uh, that says to me, Microsoft is is you know, SQL Server was the thing that sold the platform. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, like, how how many Windows servers are, are are there out there? I mean, it's probably a good third or more of the workloads are just are just SQL Server. Well, they have three, three and a half apps. They have Active Directory, they have Exchange, yep, and then and SQL have, Server. And then there's the other one. When Exchange starts running on Linux, that that's really when hell has frozen over, right? Yeah, I mean, there's features in the operating system that only exist because the Exchange team needed them. Yeah. And the same goes for SQL Server as well, but... I, I thought that was incredibly epic, and, and actually makes me... Um, you know, before I came to Splunk, I, I spent a good portion of my career writing SQL queries. And that's that's why I'm a search language dude, because the you know, that was always my I always liked working with data. Uh, and there's still things that it, that exist in SQL that, you know, derive tables. I wish we had derived tables. Love derived tables. That's like the 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 you know, being able to join to another query is just like you can just keep layering them like stack upon stack. It's just it's a uh, SQL has a lot of capabilities that, that we don't, but we have a ton that they don't. Like if you could have had stream stats in SQL, oh my God, what I could have done, right? right? Uh, so, I mean, it's just different different paradigms, but, um, you know, tabular data is actually something that we talk about a lot uh, in the halls of Splunk. Right. Tabular data. Well, and we're good at it too. You know, it's good. We're good at tabular data? We're good at, as long as it's in CSV, then then we're great. Sure. <laughs> Um, yeah, that was a big one. Yeah, yeah I thought that I thought that was was just really really massive. Um, Let's move on. One the the other one speak. that I know Wild Red was the uh, you know, and not to spend every episode talking about Docker, but I thought the uh, the lessons from Borg uh, was a particularly awesome paper as well. I did not finish reading that. I started to read it, but but it, it is it is long. Book. I highly recommend reading it. Um, yeah. Just drop that in the chat. Uh, hopefully, people will finish that article in the next minute so they can follow along. Yeah. So I, I that's that's really like if you're looking at uh, I think the 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 sort of broader ecosystem and you know where like things like Swarm 
and even things like Mesos. Mesos has solved a lot of these problems too, but the the delta between Kubernetes and and Swarm uh, is primarily in a lot of the stuff that's in that paper, and those are all learnings from you know what it takes to run this sort of stuff at scale. Well, let me let's set this up even even more. This is a paper written by folks at Google who right. have gone through this process of managing containers at scale for not not just for the last year or two that we've been we all have been talking about containers, but for the last decade. Yeah. It's it, 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 that, that reminds me of another interesting point, which is uh, and something we talk about a lot is that there, you know, some people say, you know, sort of open source is eating the world. And it, and it certainly is, you know, to a large extent. Right. But um, I, I think people don't give enough credit to companies like Splunk, Oracle, you know, and even behind and Google reminds me is sort of behind the scenes is like how much commercial software is there out there that. Uh, you know, is light years ahead of what's going on in the open source world. Because remembering that for the most part, you know, a lot of these guys are either donating their time or they're or they're being backed, you know, uh, but they're still significantly smaller in scale. Uh, you know, uh, don't count out commercial software yet. I, I, I think. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you, you still have teams of, of thousands upon thousands, you know, at a company like Microsoft or Oracle, um, you know, much, much bigger than our own, of, of teams of developers that are working in concert well, it, you look at why open source. Um, most of the really good things that we like to adopt that are open source are platformy type things, right? That we build on top of. Um, there are products that become companies, like you know, you have a product. A Red Hat. Uh, yeah, that's an example, right? Or point products that kind of become companies. I mean, even Mesos became a company. Um, which is what Mesosphere. Yeah. Yeah, it's Mesosphere. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we're all fans of open source technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, when you have the pro, well, I guess right, Cassandra became uh, data stacks, and Kafka became confluent. Yeah. I mean, what? When, when they I mean, go, it's a it's a rough it's a rough business though, oh, man. Yeah. I mean, like it took Red Hat twenty years to get to a billion dollars. Ew. I mean, their their growth rates like 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 maybe an eight or ten percent Kager at best, right? I mean, it, that's a that's a that's a slow uh, that that's a slow growth rate, and selling support's not a good business model. You have you you end up having to do the cloud era thing, where you end up building some commercial stuff that sits on top of it. Things uh, that they're starting to offer alongside their their open source offering. So ultimately. The open source stuff, and I think you see the same. Eventually, yeah. that they're going to have to do the same thing. Eventually, you have to become a proprietary software company because it turns out giving away all your software for free just doesn't make a whole lot of money. Yeah, it does. You have to feed people, right? right. Yeah, I mean uh, Matthew in the chat room says many companies would rather buy commercial, so they have someone to blame or bitch at, and that's part of it. I mean, if you're going to put open source software in production. You either have to become the domain expert and the person supporting it, um, or find a company that's going to do that. Because either when you leave, or um, if you need help, there's got to be somebody to call. I mean, that's partially why we bought Docker, but there's two um, com um, 
proprietary products that come with their subscription that you can't get for free. And like, seriously, that's cool. But having someone to bitch at when things don't work is helpful instead of just ending up in a forum and being at the bottom of the list. Well, I think ultimately the the model of having, uh, you know, e whether you start with an open source product or not, mm -hmm. but but having an open source project and then building additional value on yeah. top of it that is, you know, I think that's the the best of all possible combinations, really. Yeah, you know, like our buddy Will over at Lucidwork, you know, they got that going on. Um, well, and in the monitoring space, I mean, you know, things like Nagios are pretty ubiquitous, right? I mean, you, you find Nagios pretty much everywhere you go, but I don't know anybody who particularly loves it, right? They just happen to use it because it's free. And I'll tell you, I'd, I'd much rather use one of the commercial offerings uh, in in that same space. The, the user experience is better, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera, right? I mean, like the uh, you in, you end up with you end up with Nagios because because it was the thing you could get without talking to anyone. Right. Yeah. No PO needed, basically. Yeah, I, I have this problem, and my boss tells me we have no money. When you leave, uh, who cares, right? <laughs> it's a problem for somebody else. For somebody else's. No, actually, actually, the even worse than Nagios. You guys ever seen Big Brother? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. That is that is the ugliest piece of software that has ever been written by any human being ever. Yeah. Did it become a company? I think so. Oh yeah, they did. They they yeah, but it, it is it is it is awful software. Wait, no, <laughs> like, about my Quest? Yeah. You know what we need to do with ModViz? I just thought of a good idea. Uh, you remember SmokePing? No. No. no I gotta you, guys have, you guys don't remember SmokePing? No, is that? SmokePing is awesome. Um, it's a simple little tool, and all it does is it just, it just go to like Google Image Search, and you can, you can see what it looks like. You can see what the visualization is. And it just, uh, it just pings stuff, and then gives you basically like a, a histogram-ish uh, look of the distribution of uh, values that in the ping. Cool, like kingdom okay. or whatever. I see. I see. You're gonna put that in the product, right? No, I don't do UI stuff. I'll find somebody else to do it okay. for me. Speaking of not UI stuff, my favorite thing lately is reminding people that we have a CLI, or as I like to call it, a TUI, and. You know, earlier, Hal, you were talking about that sales engineer that gave you a question, and of course, he didn't ask why the customer wanted to do it. But I think a lot of the newer sales engineers at Splunk, newer customers, do not even know you can use Splunk to a great extent at the CLI. Um, so I posted a little demo. Uh, I found two products, actually. Have you guys seen Do It Live? No. Okay, so do it live allows you to record all the commands in a shell. So let's say you're going to do a demo of something like, I don't know, how to install Splunk and get it running on Ubuntu, right? And you wanted to show somebody that. It'll record all of the um, commands in a shell script. Then you could just play it back, right? Um, which is cool. It doesn't record the output. And then there's ask cinema ask cinema ASC I've yeah. never seen that before it was so awesome oh ask cinema yeah so ask cinema <laughs> right right so I can't say that without sounding like porn but then again we work in Splunk okay 
And I th- there's probably a, a, a frequently asked questions on how the hell you pronounce that. Ask. <laughs> at, at, you know what? Anyways. What's, what's Clint's handle? Uh, <laughs> I need to get the better bump soundbar going. So um, that thing <laughs> records all of your command line actions, but it records um, almost character by character what shows up on the screen and then lets you publish it to a website and play it back. So uh, what I think I'm going to do is record a, um, use Do It Live to record the whole thing and then have ASCII Cinema uh, run it and do it live and have ASCII Cinema record it because editing in that thing sucks. But... I made one of the Splunk user interface at the command line. So a lot of people, people know you can do things like Splunk add monitor and Splunk restart and I don't know, Splunk list, Splunk list forward server, right? You went borked. I know, I, I hear it. Um, oh, okay. But they might think you can run Splunk search, but they don't do it very often. They all don't know most people probably don't know you can run real-time search repl is awesome by the way we need to make repl better um they might not know you can pipe to stats and make a table and they probably don't know you can make spark lines from the tui or the cli whatever you want to call it and um i posted that on twitter and it's in the good old chat room but um I think the best multi-touch interface that was ever built is the keyboard. And having to switch back and forth, if you are a terminal person to a browser to do all this stuff, it's like tying one hand and three fingers behind your back. And, uh, you know, um, we need to make that better. I think people should bitch at us more. We should have a fully interactive TUI where you don't need the browser for many things. So... Um, that's just my thing, but check it out. Use the CLI to UI more often and your life will be better. Right. And check out, uh, GitHub, uh, slash Splunk slash Splunk rebel. Yeah. R-E-P-L. Yeah. And then, yeah, I, I, I have long dreamed of actually, uh, does, did anybody use Logly before they did the reboot? Uh, um, so back like four years ago, um, Logly version one, I they had a, re- I, I work at Splunk. What's that? I use, I use all the products. Okay, right. Had so rather than sort of Splunk, where like I type in a search and I get a UI, and then here comes a list of events. It was more like a web command line, and so it was a scrolling. Right. You typed yeah. at the bottom, yep. and then it scrolled up. It was more like Grep or Tail or whatever else. And I have long dreamed of a UI for Splunk that felt more like Grep or Tail. Right, like where I just want to, I just want to work on one source. I just want to like tail one source. I want to grep one source, and I'm actually looking at just events. Like I, I like I'm, I'm working in a workflow. I actually want to hit that use case where a developer would have been using grep or tail, right. and instead, you know, like they don't want to use it because they're better. It's a better fit for your workflow, right? You're working on a file. You're not working on all the events Splunk has ever seen. Right, you should really actually be able to pipe into Splunk, right? Like tail minus F, pipe it to Splunk, and then have the access to the full functionality. Even if that tail thing just goes into memory, 
and it's gone and maybe never indexed. I mean, there's a lot we actually could do at the command line that we don't. Um, why don't we do that? Why, why, why can't I just go onto a server and pipe to a simple command line that dumps data into Splunk and then pipe greps it back or whatever? That's a good idea. Crickets. That would be easy to build. Right. Well, um, it wouldn't, wouldn't be too hard, yes. But then if we're going to go do that, it would be really great if uh, it got more usable. Um, I was, when I was doing this little demo, I forgot to try Highlight. I don't know if Highlight works at the um, command line. If it did, that would be great. Most people don't know about a search command called Highlight. I mean, I can hear yeah. what happens. No, 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 no. I can hear what happens, and it's like, oh, okay, here we go. Thank you, internet. But most people don't know about highlight, and I don't know if it still works at the UI. But if you pipe it to highlight, it'll highlight a word. Right. I got a whole bag of just for you. Yeah. Is it gone? <laughs> it is gone. Yeah. Highlight's yeah. gone. No, no, it, no. It's there. Uh, I don't know if it still works. Uh, let me see. Try it. Pull up a Docker container of Splunk and try it. Uh, uh, I did that yesterday. I do. Uh, we will be sponsoring DockerCon, by the way. Awesome. I mean, it, we can might... wrap for the terms of the, you know, for the purposes of the audio podcast. Oh, yeah. yeah you can hit yeah. the share button, screen button if you want. Oh, yeah. So if audio we box. were, yeah, right. We'll talk about that later. But um, yeah, that would be kind of cool. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe we do that at the end. Like we wrap an audio section and do it. Anyway, we'll brainstorm it later. I'll decide that let's later. Let our, let's, let, let's let our audience right, go. Anyways. Um, let's let awesome. Clint go. Let all five of the people listening go. Okay. Suggestions, feedback, ideas, whatever. Email Splunk Talk at Splunk.com. The chat room is it's right there, but we're not manning it all day. So send email if you got any ideas, questions, show things, or you want to bitch about my robot voice. Anyway, I from Hal, Clint, yes. and me, Wild. Have an awesome week. Because Splunk is about to die.